Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. Just real quick before I before I dig into Acts 2. I used to have some neighbors. They had a dog named George. George was a big dog. He was a good dog, but if George ever got loose, he would wreak havoc all over the neighborhood. I mean, literally, he would he would raid people's birthday parties and and graduation ceremonies. If you had food out and he got out of, out of his backyard, he was coming and he was going to partake in your celebration. If you had a pool out, he was going to jump in your pool and swim. My neighbors were always trying to find him somewhere down the block. He was just he just got loose. And you never just knew what he was going to do. He just, it was just crazy. Now, can I just tell you this, that some of you treat God like you treat your pet. You try to keep him on a leash. I've seen this in American churches all over this nation. They try to keep God in a box, on a leash. Keep him in the backyard. Don't, don't let him get loose. Because if he gets loose, he may get out of control. If, if he gets loose, he may have a mind of his own. If I let the presence of God loose in my life, who knows the things he might do, things I've never seen or heard done before. I just came to tell somebody today, if you allow God to get loose in your life, he won't wreak havoc on your life. He will wreak havoc on everything that has come against your life. I get your anointing. I get your purpose. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, get loose in my life. I take the chains off you. I take you out of the box. I take the limitations off and I say God do what you want to do but but no pastor no 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 there are churches right now that in their mission statement in their in their values they will tell you they believe in the gifts of the spirit but we do not want to see them active here so what are they for if not for the body. What, what, I don't just want to see the gifts of the Spirit evident in your life on Sunday. You need it Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and all week long. Don't just, don't just pray in tongues and prophesy and discern spirits when it's church time. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody at work tomorrow needs a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a word of faith, a miracle, sign and wonder in their life. And if you're waiting for me to show up at your job, I ain't coming. You have the Holy Spirit. And how do I know that we have the Holy Spirit? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Can you just like shake three people near you and just say, God's timing is always perfect. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Come on, shake somebody else up. God's timing is always perfect. His timing is always perfect. I, I know you're in a difficult season right now, but God's timing is always perfect. I know you're praying and fasting and hoping for a breakthrough, but listen to me. When God comes through, his timing is always perfect. I want to tell somebody today, God is going to bless you. God is going to heal you. God is going to deliver you. God is going to come through for you, but he's going to do it in his perfect timing. Why? It isn't just for you. And so everybody connected to you can see how great your God is. Your timing is always perfect when the day of Pentecost had fully come. I, just, I don't know why I just need to tell somebody to this. Your, 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 
Your issue is not about you. Your problem is not about you. Your dilemma is not about you. Your heartbreak is not about you. What it is about is God is going to use that problem and that dilemma and that heartbreak and that situation to show your haters and your doubters and the enemy just how great your God is. His timing is always perfect. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Can we just try something real quick? Can we just try something real quick together? Everybody who, everybody who loves Jesus, if you love Jesus, just throw up your right hand. I love Jesus. Throw up your right hand. Which one's my right, Pastor? Throw your right hand. Everyone who loves Jesus. One mind and one accord. One mind and one accord. Everybody who believes there's a purpose on your life, a God-given purpose on your life, throw up both hands real high. One mind and one accord. What happens when the church begins to unify in this way? When we set aside our plans and our agenda, we just say, God, it's all about you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And they got to this place that they were in one mind, one accord. Here it was, one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And they were all, someone how are all, that includes me, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Give me verse 5 real quick, Sarah, verse 5. Verse 5 tells us this. And at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. But when they heard that loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear in their own language, in their own tongue, what was being spoken by believers. Come on, one more time, every hand raised, all of us. Just say this with me, all of us together. Say this with me. Say, fill me. Now let's make it collective. Say, fill us up. Come on. Fill us up. Your church, God. Your people who are called by your name. Fill us. Fill us. In this nation, in this generation. One more time, say, fill us. With your overflowing grace. With your overflowing power. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah and just just worshipfully go back to your seats today let me give you just a couple things just want to give you a couple things today Woo. i feel a unity in this house ladies and gentlemen come on i said i feel a unity in this house i feel a unity in this house man there's something so unique and powerful about what happens when we literally get off of our agenda our plan and we, we say Lord your will be done your will be done to every one of you who had to get up an hour earlier today you were saying God whew, your will be done your will be done I, I love this because I, I'm excited to know that as we move into the a.m. further into the a.m. who knows if the Spirit of God will fill us up and then fill this house up we can have multiple services to the glory of God. To the glory of God. Not that I want to have to preach more than once, but hey, to the glory of God. 
I'll do it. But I want to show you something. When we, we ask the, the Spirit of God to fill us up, this is more just funny, but Sarah, I don't need the audio. I just want the video. Some of you may have seen this. That, that sound of a rushing mighty wind, I wonder if it looked like this. This happened in Denver a few years ago. Y'all remember this? Y'all remember this? The wind was picking up. And then he said, God, just sweep all the crap out of my life, right? Holy Spirit, just sweep all the crap out of my life. And don't you know the Spirit of God will do it literally? Come on, somebody. He will, he will take you literally if he needs to. Just get that, get that out of my life, Holy Ghost. I need it removed. Uh, woo, yes, God. I mean, that's just, that's just amazing. I wonder if that's what Acts chapter 2 looked like. We're good, Sarah. Was good. I, just, I, was just, I was blessed by that. Come on, somebody. You got to watch what you pray for, right? Hello. Move, Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 tells us this. The, the day of Pentecost. Let me just let me talk just for a few moments about this day called Pentecost. Because I, I, I do believe as American Christians, <clears throat> while I want to see the Spirit of God move, I don't want us to be ignorant about what this day signifies and symbolizes. Because while we as Christians celebrate as the birth of the church, the Jews celebrated this as the birth of Judaism. Okay, this understanding of when the law was given. So let me just give you four quick things. Pentecost is the, the Greek name for the biblical festival of Shavuot. Shavuot is just simply uh, the festival of weeks. What they would do here is, is it was basically seven weeks after Passover. I didn't say this during the offering, but part of the reason this was such a celebratory time for the Jews is because every seventh seven, okay, the Shemitah year, some of you remember me talking talk, years ago, I talked about the, the Shemitah year. What would happen is literally everyone who was in debt, everything they had lost, every bit of, uh, of what was no longer there, everything got restored. It was a year of jubilee, every, basically going to every 50th year, a year of jubilee, a year of celebration, getting everything back that was lost. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't live under the law anymore. I live under the current flow of grace, the dispensation of grace. And I just came to tell you, you don't have to wait 50 years to get back what Satan has stolen. We can get it right here in the presence of God. So what happened is, we just had this, this name Pentecost. Give him the next one, Sarah. I just want to fire this off. This day of Pentecost, it, it literally translates as the 50th, okay? The 50th day after Passover. Number three, Shavuot is, is also one of the three biblical pilgrimage festivals. Is what I was sharing a little bit earlier during the offering. When all the Jewish people were to return back to Jerusalem and appear before the Lord at the temple with their gifts and their offerings. And this for me is so cool because <clears throat> it was a holiday for all. It was a holiday for all. All men, all women, both the slave and the free. There was no servile, there was no, there was no servant work happening. Everyone was on equal footing at this celebration. Woo! Come on, somebody. I, maybe your, your testimony isn't mine, but somebody better praise God that we're all on equal footing in the presence of the Lord. There's none better than the other in this place. And, and what this shows me is about this holiday being that it was for all. It, it reminds me of my world system right now. Can we just say amen that our, our world has no answer for racism? Our world has no answer for hatred or oppression or suppression or uh, who knows what's going to pop off next and the next uh, riots begin to happen uh, right here in, in, in our, our, our cities and our, our towns and villages. The world has no, no answer at all for the divisiveness in our land. And this is why it, it, it doesn't matter what political system come and what political figures rise. Trust me, you'll get behind whoever the celebrities you enjoy or, or listen to or, or the media you, you intake. You'll get behind whoever 
whoever they tell you to. But the bottom line is they still have no answer for the problems of the human heart. They, they don't know how to unify humanity. And it's only going to get worse between Democrats and Republicans and, and independents. There will be nobody to bridge that gap. Why? Because the only person who can do that is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So it won't, it won't happen here. And I, I, just, I, I want to say that as much as social media and, and, and our current media and, and politics and celebrities and even your own family members try to push labels on you and they, they try to push subjugation and subculture on you and, and they try to make you feel isolated and you are at this point maybe where you're just like, does anybody even hear what I have to say? Do I even have a voice at all? And I just came to remind you, according to Acts chapter 2, that when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, everybody had a voice. Diverse people from diverse cultures, men and women alike, were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't have an answer for racism. Pentecost is the answer for the division, the racism, and the separation in our world. The Holy Spirit becomes that great unifier. What happens on the day of Pentecost is Peter stands up and preaches because here's all of a sudden, 9 a.m., all these people just speaking in languages they don't even know. And the people in the street are just like, these dudes are drunk. <laughs> okay, I'm living having a good time. Hello. And Peter's like, no, this is not what's happening. This is only, it's only 9 a.m. They're not drunk like you think. They're filled. They're filled. Filled with something greater. They're filled. When Peter stood up that moment and began to preach, listen to me, it was not about what group was right and what group was wrong. When Peter stood up and preached, it was not about whose agenda needed to be promoted and whose agenda needed to be canceled. When Peter stood up, he preached one very simple thing. God has fulfilled a promise that he gave to the prophet Joel. Woo, he said this in Acts 2.16. What you see was predicted probably 800 years ago and promised when the prophet Joel said this, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all. Someone just holler all. I mean, say like you were raised in a Pentecostal church. All. All people, literally, my spirit will be poured out on every single individual, the young and the old, the educated and the ignorant, the black and the white and the Latino and the Jew and the Gentile. I'm going to pour my spirit out on all people. And I love this because we were singing this just a moment ago. And everyone, not an exclusive group, not a group that's been handpicked, not a, not a handful of people, 144,000 that get to go to heaven and I got something less than? No, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's for all. It wasn't a special outpouring for special people in a special place. This was for everybody. And Peter concludes with this in verse 39. This promise is for you. Someone say for me. And for your children. Somebody, that means I've got a legacy. I've got a legacy. I've got a heritage. I've got someone coming after me. And this promise doesn't stop at me. It's theirs. This promise didn't stop at Gerald Becker. It moved on to Jeff Becker. It eventually found its way to Jamin Becker. It's moving on to Justice Becker. This promise is for you and your children. And as many are far off. How awesome is my God? I mean, come on. Think about, think, think about this. This is what makes God so freaking clever. He uses a party to pour out his spirit. 
it wasn't a prayer service. It, it wasn't an all-night vigil. It was a freaking party, you all. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Here's how clever he is. At a time when Jerusalem will be filled with people from every nation, every culture, every language, and they're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then I'm going to fill them with my spirit, and then guess what? They're not going to stay here. They're going to go back home and spread this gospel far quicker than the 12 apostles could by themselves. Oh, man. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to God pouring out his spirit when you least expect it. There's a pride parade happening next weekend. Holy Spirit, why don't you just go ahead and blow our minds when people are gathered together and pour out your spirit in such a way that nobody even expects this to happen. Oh, shoot. Pastor's talking about the pride parade. He's about to get canceled. I'll look right in his camera and tell you, I don't care when you cancel me, how you cancel me. I've got to stand before God and give an account of what comes out of my mouth. So I will gladly say what he tells me to say. So just cancel me now. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was for all people. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was God's stamp of approval on Christianity that everyone is welcome here. And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved when i think about this this special day of pentecost i'm reminded that it isn't just a manifestation of this resurrected life i now have in jesus christ yeah absolutely i've got a resurrected life you've got a resurrected life but pentecost wasn't just the proof of that pentecost was also a graveyard it became death for racism. It became death for segregation. Pentecost became death for separation and division. And Pentecost became death for all religion. So don't come back under a dead thing, family. Live in the moving, breathing presence of a living, breathing, moving God. The disciples are speaking in tongues and they're, they're hollering in tongues and they're praying in, in tongues and they're prophesying in tongues and they're declaring the wonders of God in tongues. And guess what happens? As they're speaking in other languages, God is out there doing his work and he's uniting all the languages of the earth. And here's what's happening. Everyone in their own hearing was hearing just one thing, not their agenda, not their ideas, not how great they were. They were hearing one thing, that Jesus Christ is Lord. In their own language, they were hearing the prophetic truth of Jesus Christ. They were hearing it. God was working in that way. And I just want to let you know that what happened in Acts chapter 2 is a foreshadowing to Philippians chapter 2 because there's going to come a day, ladies and gentlemen, where you're not just going to hear the name of Jesus, but every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Look at me. Don't wait until the day when you are forced to bow your knee and forced to speak with your tongue that he's Lord. Do it now while there's grace. Do it now while there's freedom. Do it now. Do it now. It was in this moment the Holy Spirit begins to move in such a powerful way that every man and woman can hear the name of Jesus in their own tongue, in their own language. And as God is working and moving in that moment, 
I'm reminded of what happened at the very first Pentecost. Because where God was uniting, where God was allowing grace and love and freedom and salvation to flow in Acts chapter 2. Just go back with me just real quick. I promise it's a quick history lesson to the very first Pentecost in Scripture. It's actually multiple chapters from Exodus 19 through Exodus 32. Moses, everyone remember the prophet Moses, prince of Egypt? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Remember the movie, amen, it was amazing, yeah. Moses goes up to the mountain called Mount Sinai. And on top of the mountain, he meets with God face to face. He, he asks to see the glory of God, and, and he sees the glory of God, and God speaks to him. And when Moses comes back from the mountain, he returns with the Ten Commandments, or, or the entire law. He comes back with the law written on, on, on tablets of stone. And here's the thing. The longer that Moses was away, you all remember the story? The longer that Moses was away, the more that the people began to turn away. He was with God, and the longer he was with God, the more they turned away from God. In fact, they got to the point where they began to worshiping that which was not God. They created the golden calf and began to worship that which was not God. Can, can I tell you honestly, I've been doing this a long time. I can always tell when some of you have been away from the presence of God. Because you begin to worship that which is not God. And money and fame and position and agendas have taken a place in your heart and it's not God. And I can tell when you've been away from the presence of God. And, and, and I get it. It, 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 it makes me sound a, a bit angry. Yeah, can I just be honest? I'm freaking angry with this generation. Since the quarantine of 2020, I have watched Christian after Christian worship God with their lips, but their heart is far away from him. I know it's prophetic, and I know it's supposed to happen, but if you, think my, my, if you think my anger's alarming, just look at the story. Moses comes down from that mountain, and he is so freaking angry that he takes the Ten Commandments that God just wrote on stone, and he smashes them on the ground. And then he forces the people to drink the water of the, of the golden image that they had just made. He burns it, throws it, and makes them drink it. He was freaking ticked off. I promise you I've never made anyone come and burn your idol, pour it in some water, and make you drink it after church. Maybe I should. I get canceled again. And what I see here is this. Moses then tells the Levites, he commands them, take up your swords and kill everyone who's been rebellious. Kill everyone who's worshiped another god. Kill them, kill them. And the Bible tells us this in Exodus 32. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And there fell that day, check this out, about 3,000 men. So the day the law was given, the day that Judaism was born, 3,000 people perished. That's the first Pentecost. I'm so thankful that we get to skip ahead to the most important Pentecost because Acts chapter 2 verse 41 says this, those who believed what Peter was preaching were baptized and added to the church that day. Oh, what? About 3,000 in all. When the law was given, 3,000 people were slain. But when the Spirit of God was given, 3,000 people were saved that day. 
today. You better put your hands together and thank God. I live under a covenant of grace. The Spirit has been poured out. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, the letter or the law only kills, but the Spirit gives life. This scripture right here tells me the law can only bring death, but it's been superseded by a spirit, the Holy Spirit, who brings life. I dare you to take 10 seconds and just put your hands together and praise the Spirit of God who brings life, who brings life. On that same historical day, the same historical day where God wrote the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone, on that same historical day, the Holy Spirit writes on the hearts of humanity. Paul said like this in 2 Corinthians 3.3, it is clear that you, someone say me, you are a letter from Christ. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. And it is not carved out on tablets of stone. This is not the Ten Commandments. The spirit of God has written on the tablets of your heart. This is why as much as some of you try to live in sin, there's something written on the inside of you. Oh, it just makes it so hard, doesn't it? God, why can't this just be more enjoyable? Because the Holy Spirit wrote on your heart the truth of God's word. It's no longer just head knowledge. It's right here. And unfortunately, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. This is why I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. He loves you so much, he won't leave you in your sin and in your struggle and in your condemnation and in your guilt and in your shame. He reminds you, I came that you might have life and to reveal to you the life that Jesus said you could have more abundantly. The law brought death. The spirit brings life. So Acts chapter 2 is an upgrade to Exodus chapter 32. On a day when 3,000 are killed is the same historical day that 3,000 are saved. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. Come on, somebody. I know you've been waiting on that 13 for a while. It's an upgrade. It's an, and, it pro, and one day soon, what's going to happen to your 13? It's going to become obsolete again. Because there's going to be an upgrade. I cannot tell you there was nothing better than this upgrade. Because Moses was the only one who got to experience the fire of God and the glory of God and the presence of God and the power of God. Everyone else had to stand at a distance while Moses experienced what no one else could. Only he got to, got, got to see God in this way, but not anymore. Because of Acts chapter 2, I don't stand at a distance any longer. You and I, we get to see what Moses saw, the presence of God and the fire of God and the power of God and literally God himself, his glory manifests in our life. I'm going to wrap this service up right here and right now. I'm just going to ask anybody here today. You see, all, you see what God did on the day of Pentecost. I'm asking you personally, do you need a personal Pentecost today? Do you need, do you need a, a personal outpour of the Holy Spirit over your mind, your heart, your life, your anointing, your future, your family, your call? I need a personal Pentecost in my life today. Then I'm just going to remind you what Peter said in Acts 2. This promise is for you. This promise is for you. This 
promise is for you. Jesus Christ is God's special gift to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But the Holy Spirit is God's special gift only for his children. Luke eleven thirteen. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? I need a personal Pentecost. All over this room, can you stand your feet with me today? Heavenly Father, I ask right now in this moment that we would transition from a place of death to a place of life. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal every godless, demonic, worldly way, agenda, scheme, plan, thought, lifestyle. The places we've been thinking and living that have literally brought death into our world and Holy Spirit I pray right now you begin to bring life 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 to those dead things life to those broken things life where there's been confusion life where there's been emptiness life where there's been powerlessness life where I felt alone life where I've been abandoned Holy Spirit bring life where religion and religiosity and religious leaders have only made me feel condemned and less than and not enough. Holy Spirit, counteract religion with the truth. You are the giver of life. Adam could not become a man until the breath of God, the Ruach, the Holy Spirit was breathed into him. And then what looked like God could become like God because of the Holy Spirit. I'm tired of modern Christianity looking like God but not having any semblance of God because there's no spirit of God. Somebody declare with me in this generation, we will see the breath of God, the spirit of God again and again. I need a personal Pentecost. I need a personal Pentecost. Bring it way down for me. I need a personal Pentecostal. If this is your prayer, your desire, I need, I need a personal Pentecostal. I need the Holy Spirit to overflow in my life. I need to break out like a rushing mighty wind in my life. Throw up your hands real high. Throw up your hands real high. I need this. Sarah, do I have that last point? Give my last point if I have it. I need you to see this with your hands raised. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is not about how much of the Holy Spirit you have. Ooh, he prays in tongues. Ooh, he can interpret tongues. Ooh, he can prophesy. Ooh, he can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Ooh, he got the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of faith. Ooh, he, he got discernment of spirits. Ooh, he, wow. The Holy Spirit and his infilling is not about how much of the Holy Spirit you have. See that last part? You said you want a personal Pentecost. You said you want a personal Pentecost. You said you want it. That's why you're standing with your hands raised. You said you want this. An infilling of the Holy Spirit is about how much the Holy Spirit has you. But how much he has you? Come on, somebody. Don't, don't, don't be mad at me. We've got the same Holy Spirit. Come on. I, I didn't get the full meal and you got a little chicken leg. That's not how it works. We got the same Holy Spirit. Here's the only difference. You want to compare us? I've surrendered everything to the, to the love, the grace, the presence. I've surrendered it all. I said, less of me and more of you. That's, what I, that's the only difference between you and me. It's not about the, the amount the Holy Spirit's been poured out. He was poured out on all flesh. 
about how much I've surrendered. And that's why you'll continue to get your little turkey leg, and I'll get the fullness. That's why you'll get a goose bump and a feeling, but I'll get the overflow. It's about how much you surrender. How much does the Holy Spirit have you?